The podcast of this local government meeting is brought to you by Michigan Radio. For more coverage of local government meetings and to find out how you can support this service, go to michiganradio.org.
All right, good evening, everyone. We're gonna go ahead and call this meeting to order. Um, we'll get started tonight by uh, pausing for a moment of silence before we move to Pledge of Allegiance. Thank you. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Thank you. Next we will have roll call. Commissioner Asasi. Present. Commissioner Uppart. Here. Commissioner Lanier. Commissioner Moody. Present. Commissioner Jones. I'm right here. Commissioner O'Connor. Present. And Mayor Bliss. Yes. Um, and then before I uh, have our interpreter introduce herself, uh, I'll just uh, share with you a couple things about our agenda tonight. Um, so we do have three scheduled public hearings tonight, uh, and I'll get to those. But if you are here tonight to be heard uh, and provide input on the Home Investment Partnership Allocation Plan, the Parks and Rec Master Plan, or the West Michigan Construction Institute um, Redevelopment Project, I'm going to have you say put. We'll have two other opportunities for public comment. The first one uh, that I'll open up shortly will be on agenda items uh, and then the last one will be on any other items so with that we do have an interpreter here tonight so if you do need interpretation services or support um, she'll be here to help you good evening we're pleased to provide Spanish interpretation services this evening this include interpretation during the meeting and for those who wants to provide public comment buenas noches estamos complacidos de proveer servicios de interpretación en español esta noche. Esto incluye interpretación durante la reunión y para aquellos que quieren proveer comentario público. Muchas gracias. Thank you. Yeah. All right, next up will take us to our first opportunity for public comment. And this is public comment that is very specific to items that we're voting on today. So earlier today, we had a number of standing committee meetings where we discussed different uh, issues and voted. So if you're here tonight to speak on any of the agenda items from earlier today, now's the time to come forward. We ask that you share your name, the city that you live in. We'll give you up to three minutes to speak. Is anyone here to speak on agenda items? All right, seeing none, I'll close that public comment period and that will take us to approval of minutes. So these are approval of the minutes from our December 14th meeting. Commissioners, can I get a motion? So moved, support. All right, moved and supported. Any questions or comments? All right, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed, it carries. All right, next it will take us to petitions and communications and I'll share with you uh, that this is an opportunity for you to weigh in and have your voice heard publicly. So these are all petitions and communications that go into the public comment. So for the, anyone watching tonight, uh, if you do wanna provide public comment, you can email those to our city clerk uh, and those will be included and that's how the items get attached here to the petitions and communications. So with that, we'll read through those. Sure, and, and the one point there is we were asked at the last meeting by someone from the public if we could have a way to to put that in there that is on the website on the city commission one of the city commission pages thank you reading my mind um communications 21 of them received urging the city commission to confirm the grand rapids housing board is composed of individuals dedicated to safe and affordable housing of our community that's received and filed communication received from natalie hockmeyer regarding non-toxic lawn care in grand rapids that's received and filed um, communication received from Don Weiger urging this commission to allow public comments to be made by phone. That's received and filed. Communication from Paolo Mendeville regarding the resignation from the Westside Corridor Improvement Authority. 
That is referred to our committee on appointments. Communication from Elaine Isley regarding the resignation from the Stormwater Oversight Commission. That's also referred to committee on appointments. And communication received from Colleen Grolke expressing concerns regarding the planned future housing development on Burton and Union. And that is also received and filed. All right, next that will take us to reports of city officers. A forecast report January 11, 2022. That is received and filed. Comptroller's report for the period of December 1, 2021 through December 28, 2021, in the amount of $37,383,016.77. That's received and filed. And Treasurer's report for the period of December 1, 2020 through December 28, 2021. And that is also received and filed. Next, that will take us to our consent agenda. So our consent agenda are items that we voted on earlier today where there was a unanimous vote. So tonight with one voice vote, those items will be adopted. Commissioners, can I get a motion for the consent Consent agenda? Moved. Four. All right, moved and supported. Any questions or comments? All right, all those in favor say aye. Aye. Those opposed? It carries. All right, that will take us to, let's see, oh, that will, we don't have any ordinances tonight or resolutions, so that will take us to our scheduled public hearings. So as I said, we have three scheduled public hearings tonight. We'll start with the first one, which is a public hearing on the draft home investment partnerships. American Rescue Plan, or we sometimes refer to it as Home ARP Allocation Plan. So we'll start this uh, by having Ms. Bohatch just give us a brief overview of this, and then if you're here to be heard on this item tonight, I'll open it up after Ms. Bohatch is done. Thank you, good evening. Um, the city will be receiving uh, $4.63 million from the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development um, in home ARP funds. Uh, this is a supplemental allocation of home investment partnership program funds um, that's authorized by the American Rescue Plan Act of 2021. Eligible activities um, can be funded, um, that can be funded are um, development in support of affordable housing, tenant-based rental assistance, supportive services, and acquisition and development of non-congregate shelter units. Um, in order for us to obtain these funds, we're required to put together a draft allocation plan that identifies unmet needs and gaps within our service delivery system in the community. And we're required to also do that in consultation with agencies that serve the eligible um, qualifying populations. And uh, we um, held consultation sessions which included 44 invited invitations to 44 different agencies that met within those that criteria for those um, agencies that serve those populations, and uh, 33 participated, and we also did um, received 23 um, um, brief surveys. So along with local data that was available, the draft was put together and um, the sort of broad buckets for uh, how funding would be um, uh, allocated um, was included in that draft plan. Um, after tonight's public hearing, there's still opportunity to provide written comments to the Community Development Department through January 14th. Um, all comments that are made at the public hearing or put in writing will be considered in development of the final plan and then after we submit that to HUD, um, we will be um, issuing, uh, we will move forward with the process to allocate resources because that will take quite a bit of time. And our plan will be to launch the notice of intent to apply. So agencies who would be eligible for projects um, to support the 
to be supported through these funds and would have an opportunity beginning January 18th to start that process through the notice of intent to apply. And then those uh, responses would be due back to the city on February 2nd. So um, just to give you some idea of what's ahead. So this is just kind of getting our application submitted to HUD to allow us to move forward with the funding process. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and, and commissioners, just to let you know, I did uh, share some information with Connie today about uh, individuals, three of you who can work with her on a subcommittee. So uh, we'll follow up on that after this meeting. Um, so if you're here tonight to be heard on this scheduled public hearing, you're welcome to come forward. Again, we ask that you share your name, the city that you live in, and we'll give you up to three minutes to speak. Good evening. My name is Jim Davis. I work with Family Promise of Grand Rapids. I serve as Director of Housing. Thank you for your hard work on this proposal, uh, specifically to Aaron, uh, Joanne, and Connie for the great engagement we've had as a community surrounding homelessness. We really think there's a lot of input that went into this. And so commissioners, city manager, mayor, we're just very grateful that the plan is moving forward. My role at Family Promise actually deals with permanent housing solutions, uh, taking people out of shelter and out of homelessness and into rental and home ownership opportunities. But what I see on a daily basis is a drastic and urgent need for shelter. Let me say real quickly that we're in support of the ARP proposal as we see allocations projected. We think that there's really great things happening here and we recognize that all housing solutions are urgent. What I would like to ask is that uh, language inside this proposal be considered to be changed because I think unfortunately what we're doing is misrepresenting to both leadership and to our community the need for shelter. Uh, using some of the metrics in this study, what we're going to find, what we will find as a community is that a one moment snapshot in January led to what's called the housing inventory count that you'll see in 2021 that represents 332 beds that would be available for children. And that real number right now is 140. At this moment, we had some really wonderful support, county money that was invested in COVID relief dollars. And also, um, it also misrepresents a gap saying that we actually had opportunity to house children and families. Right now, here we have 29 rooms, including ICCF rooms that are permanent capacity today. And the 291 children that you'd find in the point in time count also isn't representing places we may not be looking for families with children. Um, for obvious reasons, families are eager to keep their children. And so we don't find them in the traditional places we may be counting homeless individuals. So while the county has stepped up and helped us with funds that are temporary, we still have a drastic and urgent need to house children and families. Since 2018, we have had full capacity, functionally full capacity shelter for families at Family Promise, with 85 to 90 rooms on average per night, thanks to Fulton Manor Project, thanks to COVID relief dollars, and those things dried up in September. This is a very real issue. And again, while we support the ARP plan, we would ask the language change to more better represent the urgent need to house families and children in shelter. We know that housing is important. We wanna see those projects move forward, but this is a both and conversation. More importantly, this is a now conversation. So if not ARP, then what? Thank you for your time. Thank you, Mr. Davis. All right, others who wish to be heard on this allocation plan? 
All right, seeing none, we'll close that uh, public comment period and that will take us to our second one. So our next scheduled public hearing is a public hearing on the proposed Grand Rapids uh, Parks and Recreation. point of order, I just have a quick question. Could Connie come back and respond to the comment about whether the funding could be, I know that there are some restrictions to the funding. Is it possible for her to address that question? Ms. Ms. Boach, go ahead. And I'm I know sorry, we'll, Mayor, we'll I spend more time talking about this over the next several weeks. I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't wait for you to give me the sign to come up. Um, so I think the, so the, the question, at least how I heard it, is the question of changing some of the language, but I also yeah. know that there are restrictions so, so to we the received, funding. So we received um, an email communication today in terms of a written comment that Mr. Davis also presented tonight. Um, so the funding allows us to um, acquire um, to be able to um, create the space for non-congregate shelter, but it doesn't allow us to do sheltering. So it's, a, it's not an eligible use. And I think um, as uh, representatives of the shelter community acknowledge that this is not a good funding source for that, but I think the issue is, is they want to make sure that the language in the plan does not diminish what they believe is a need for um, sheltering for families sure. and children. Um, and so the data that we used is from our COC and from other sources in the community. And so there's some additional work being done now before the plan um, is finalized to determine what if um, what those numbers are and what they should be and how we would would include that in in the plan. So it's and, all being considered. Yeah. And are there other funding sources then to the last question I think that was asked, if not this funding, then what? Are there other funding sources then that the city would have access to in order to address the immediate need of sheltering those who need immediate shelter? I'm not sure if I can respond to that in terms of um, access immediately. Mm -hmm. um, so we have our home ESG, or sorry, our ESG funds, our emergency shelters um, grant funds that um, would be part of this funding process starting in January as well. Okay. Um, and then the only other resources that I'm aware of um, would be the city's ARP, um, ARPA funds. Um, but again, those, that's a whole different process that the city manager mm -hmm. would have to talk about. Yep, thank you. And, and city manager may wanna address that. We've been in a number of meetings with the county as well and foundations uh, and City Manager, did you want to speak to that as well before we uh, I, just just to add that the allocation for those funds would be consistent with the timeline I shared earlier this morning with our budget process. Okay. All right. Thank you, Connie. All right, so that will take us to our next scheduled public hearing. This is a public hearing on our Parks and Recreation Strategic Plan. So we'll start this by having our Parks Director come up and give us an overview of the plan. Uh, and then if you are here to be heard on this item, I'll open that up after our Parks Director is done. Okay, good evening, Mayor, Commissioners, and uh, City Manager. Thank you for having us. Uh, we are here to provide you just a brief overview on the five-year Parks and Recreation Master Plan update. Um, as you all are well aware, this is a five-year update. It's required by the State of Michigan in order for us to remain eligible for grant funding. Uh, I think it's important to note that over the last uh, seven years, we've been successful in leveraging uh, well over $25 million of, of outside funding to support the department's work to prove the, the importance of this plan effort. Uh, just some real important components included in the plan 
uh, primarily inventory and update uh, to the city's uh, parks and recreation system. Of course, we incorporate goals and objectives uh, uh, into this plan update as well. In addition to this, uh, we've included some really important things that we've done over the last seven years, two of which include uh, passing of the Evergreen Millage in 2019. Uh, and then acquiring nearly 50 acres of additional parkland uh, across the city, uh, adding to the park system. More specifically in this plan update, um, we've in integrated the city's strategic vision and plan uh, that was developed in 2019 with your support and guidance. Uh, but also, we've added the, uh, the importance uh, of, of parks and recreation and the role that they've played in the COVID-19 response and the importance of park and recreation spaces uh, in cities like Grand Rapids. Uh, we've included uh, specific elements of the 2019 parks millage and how those investments will be guided over the next five years. In addition to updating our inventory, staffing, and projects that have been completed. Uh, most importantly, too, we've added updates to accessibility and equity that are very important to uh, the department and the work that we do and the residents that we serve. And then with regards to the goals that were in the 2017 adopted plan, the connected network, specifically we're incorporating some of those river opportunity sites and, and the, the uh, opportunities that exist along that river corridor. Uh, with regards to a healthy community, we've updated our recreation priorities and some of the new classes and, and direction that we're headed. As far as neighborhood investments, we've uh, added four park priority case studies uh, that we'll walk through here in a, in a moment in this presentation. And then the sustainable system, uh, we've talked very specifically and with all of you very publicly about some of our park operations and maintenance approaches that we've adjusted over the last year and intend to sharpen over the course of the next five years. And then we've got a very new and important uh, element and that's our equity-centered five-year capital investment plan that we'll speak about here in this presentation as well. I'd like to turn it over to our uh, project man uh, manager, uh, Ms. Enriquez, to speak to public engagement. Okay. Thank you. Good evening. I wanted to go briefly over the community engagement that we've done to date, starting in the spring of this year. Um, we had a couple of different campaigns. Um, one was a PhotoVision Instagram campaign. You can see some of the pictures um, on the right of that. We also partnered with Public Agency, which is the equity-centered uh, design group from WimCat to do some community catalyst work in the community. We also attended Movies in the Park in partnership with Friends of Grand Rapids Parks. And we went to the neighborhood summits. And then the director also did um, 19 park walks. So we invited anyone who wanted to walk the park specifically with the director to share their visions. And then we also did four community-inspired design projects. So here are those four project case studies. The first, the first one being specifically the Roosevelt Park Lodge. We also looked at a large master plan and circulation plan for Riverside Park. Also another plan for Ball Perkins Park. And then 32nd Street Site, which is a city-owned property in between Kalamazoo and um, Breton. So right now with our timeline, the Parks Advisory Board um, did their final review and recommended adoption last night. We're here for the public hearing and then hopeful for the City Commission consider for plan approval at the next City Commission meeting on the 25th. And then to meet that um, deadline for the DNR approval on February 1st. And then plan implementation starting this year for the next five years. So with that, we're, we can open for public comment. Great, thank you. Mm -hmm. All right, commissioners, any questions before I move to public comment? 
right, so if you're here tonight to be heard on this plan, you are welcome to come forward uh, and share your thoughts with us. Forgive me, I'm a little nervous. That's okay, take um, your time. My name is Natalie Hockemeyer. Um, I'm here tonight representing the grassroots volunteer group Growing Green Grand Rapids. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. We've been working for the past few years to advocate for safe lawn care free of toxic pesticides and synthetic fertilizers. Um, I'll open by saying that cities across the country are converting their public green spaces to organic maintenance, including plans to convert Grand Park in Chicago and Central Park in New York City. If these cities are willing to make a change for the better at their most high profile parks, then I think Grand Rapids can do it too. While the city has made a small start in this area, um, I believe that we can do much more. And specifically, I would like to ask that the city hold to its declaration to convert Sixth Street and Canal Parks to organic maintenance. Um, to briefly summarize the events surrounding these two parks, a grant was awarded for organic maintenance of the parks and an article was printed through woodtv.com announcing the city's intention to expand the organic program to include these parks. However, a complaint was made about the appearance of the lawn at one of the parks and this plan was withdrawn. This is unfortunate because it was based on inaccurate information. Um, the appearance of the parks when the complaint was made had nothing to do with the organic maintenance plan since the plan had actually not been implemented. And frankly, even if there was a complaint about a few weeds, is that worth backtracking on a noble pledge that was made to protect the Grand River, cut down on chemical pollution, and provide safe parks for all? Here are just a quick few facts about pesticides, and that term includes weed killers. Um, in regards to human health, commonly used weed killers such as 2,4-D and Roundup are linked to cancer and asthma. For pet health, 2,4-D, which is a chemical very similar to DDT used in the Vietnam War, is linked to cancer in dogs. Regarding the environment, pesticides and synthetic fertilizers run off into storm drains and eventually to our rivers and lakes, causing damage to aquatic health. And related to climate change, the production of synthetic fertilizers uses a lot of fossil fuels. We believe it is time for all of us to prioritize what is really important, such as the health of people and the environment, and to be brave enough to do what is right in the face of old-fashioned biases. The time of the perfect green lawn as a status symbol is coming to an end. The costs to our society and to the environment are just too high. I ask the city to immediately recommit 6th Street and Canal Parks to the organic plan and to furthermore make a plan to transition the rest of our green spaces within the next five years. We have collected over 500 signatures in support of this issue, which I believe you have. Um, Grand Rapids is ready for the change. Time is of the essence. And please consider making a motion on this right away. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for your comments. Others wish to be heard? Hi, my name is Gloria Cook, and I am with the Second Ward. I'm also a Grand Rapids Climate Coalition member, and I'm here to support what Natalie Hack said. Um, also, that when you're looking at planting these you know, parks, that you do them with more native plants. The less area we have to mow with those big gas guzzling emitting lawnmowers, the better. And also, if you are going to put any new buildings up, please consider using 
the most sustainable buildings, whether that's solar, whatever it is, they should be the buildings of the future and not of the present or the past. So I was very disheartened to hear that there was, you know, a commitment to, to not use pesticides. And then you just turned your back on it or somebody turned their back on it and said, we're going to do that anyway. Look at the hole, what goes in the ground, goes in the air, goes in the water, comes to us in many different ways. So please read. I know, I know um, Natalie's group has sent information, so I hope you all read it. And let's make Grand Rapids sustainable, for real, not just in works. Thank you. Thank you, Gloria. All right, others wish to be heard? All right, seeing none, I'm going to close that public comment period, and that will take us to our third scheduled public hearing tonight. This is a public hearing for a revised Brownfield Plan Amendment for the West Michigan Construction Institute Redevelopment Project, and this is located at 801 Century Avenue Southwest. Um, so we'll start this with our Economic Development Director, Mr. Gracia, uh, and I see we have some guests with us tonight, so we'll allow them an opportunity to speak, and then we'll open it up for public comment. All right, good evening, Commissioners and Mayor. Um, so this is the public hearing for the uh, Brownfield revised Brownfield Plan Amendment filed by the West Michigan Constru Construction Institute for that project located at 801 Century Avenue. Just to recall, this property was originally included in the 1999 Brownfield Plan Amendment, and uh, this amendment um, is um, helping facilitate a, a funding from the local Brownfield Revolving Fund um, to support eligible expenses in the amount of 259, roughly $260,000 for this um, new project. Now, the importance of this project is it is in, in fact um, uh, intended to in, uh, address a skill skills gap and workforce gap that we have in the community, both in Best West Michigan. I'm going to allow uh, Mishaki to talk a little more about the project itself, but again, this pro this is a $4.7 million redevelopment of this 2.6 acre property. They did file a, an inclusion plan with this, and again, uh, roughly 10% of their work uh, is, is going to be completed by a women-owned business enterprise. So that is notable and in align with all other uh, economic development projects we have approved since the inclusion plan in 2000, January of 2021. Um, the project has been presented to Economic Development Project Team in December, and the Brownfield Redevelopment Authority approved and recommended it at their December 8th meeting as well. So at this time, I'd invite Ms. Shockey to the podium to share more details on the project. Well, good evening. Good evening, Mayor and Commissioners. It's a delight to be with you. So my name is Jen Shockey, and I am the president of the new West Michigan Construction Institute. And I'd just like to begin with expressing my gratitude for your consideration uh, of our request. So the West Michigan Construction Institute, located at 801 Century Avenue, is an industry-focused, industry-led construction education center focused on solutions to our significant challenge of growing the skill, still, excuse me, skills deficit affecting the construction industry and our region. So nearly 50%, 5-0, of our construction trades workforce is set to retire in the next 15 years. Even sooner, uh, thanks to the pandemic, of course. So not only is this mass retirement impacting the industry, 
It also takes nearly 10 years to um, elevate a skilled tradesperson into a seasoned tradesperson in their job. And so truly, the construction industry is standing at the edge of our workforce cliff and solutions are needed. So as a result of conversations among the commercial construction industry for the last five years, the West Michigan Construction Institute was imagined and now created. A 14,000 square foot building renovation, formerly the Owen Ames Kimball Construction Yard, uh, with seven class classrooms and three construction labs, we are a flexible and adaptive construction education center offering certification and credential programs for high school students, juniors and seniors primarily, adult learners, and existing employees of construction companies. We utilize the National Center for Construction Education and Research, or NCCER curriculum, which is nationally portable, approved by the Michigan Department of Education for high school career and technical education, and meets and exceeds the standards of the Department of Labor Registered Apprenticeship Programs. So just like a college degree, students completing NCCER credentials can take them wherever they grow, across the country, to training facilities or employers, and continue to build their careers in construction. So we launch tomorrow, 7.30 in the morning. I need to go to bed. <laughs> As we welcome our first cohort of seniors, high school seniors, to our program. We have three high schools uh, in three school districts that have said yes to this pilot program. So students from Grand Rapids Public Schools, Jenison Public Schools, and Northview Public Schools will join us this tomorrow and over the next several weeks. So this is our pilot semester, and we are offering a limited number of programs, that high school program, but additionally, we are running a concrete and a carpentry program, a blueprint reading course, a specialty electrical certification program called Bixie Technician, and we have great partnerships, one of which is with the Literacy Center of West Michigan. In fact, when I left the building tonight, we had a group of future learners uh, testing to become part of our construction ESL course that will launch here in the next couple of weeks. And Grand Rapids Community College is a longtime partner and will continue to be as well. We're delighted to host the eighth and final level of their electrical apprenticeship program in our facility in just a few weeks. So we are proud, proud to be in the city of Grand Rapids and in the Roosevelt Park neighborhood, where we have already engaged with the neighborhood association there to better understand how we can be good neighbors and how we can support uh, our new community. So uh, I thank you again for the opportunity to be with you tonight and for your consideration of our request. Thank you. Thank you. Are there commissioners, any questions or comments before we go up for the call? Uh, Thank you, City Clerk. Um, so if you heard tonight to be heard on this request, you're welcome to come forward and share your thoughts. All right, seeing none, I'll close up public comment period for that item, and that will be referred back to Committee of the Whole. All right, Commissioners, that will take us to our last opportunity for public comment. So now is an opportunity for you to be heard on any other item. Uh, again, the same rules apply. We ask that you share your name, the city that you live in. You'll be given up to three minutes to speak, and we ask that you put your name over there on the clipboard so that we get it accurately written in our minutes. Are you coming up, DeAndre? I am. Okay. I'll sign that later. How you doing, everybody? My name is DeAndre Jones. I want to say happy 2022 to 
to the mayor, the commissioners, everybody on the city commission, city manager. Uh, one thing I wanted to talk about. Uh, so I was looking at the Spring GR's uh, article on uh, the 250 project. It's, it's 11,400 businesses in the city of GR, and only 70 of them made 250K, which are minority-owned, which is 0.6%. So I definitely like to see, uh, I was here early at the Committee of the Whole, and I seen one of the 22, uh, 2022 opportunities, and the things that the city is going to be working on is equitable business opportunities. So if we want to talk about equity, and this is, I believe that's a part of the reason why the city of Grand Rapids is one of the second worst cities for economic development for minorities. And I, I just like to see more resources for people to be able to sell their products, sell their services, uh, not just for African-Americans, but for all people. I just like to see the playing field equal. There's no reason why 11,400 businesses and 70 of them are making 250K in revenue. And those are minority owned. So what you're telling me is the thousands of other businesses that are making 250K or more are Caucasian people that are run by Caucasian people. That's not fair. And I believe that the city of Grand Rapids, I believe that the commissioners, I believe that y'all should, rather you guys get federal funding, rather it's for startups. Uh, we're going to need more than start garden. People actually need to know, you know what I'm saying? We, we need resources. I'm not saying for me. I'm just saying for other people because I've been bringing this up to other people and it's out there. And I just want to be able to bring some light to that because, I mean, I care about the city. I, I put a lot of uh, work into the city. Uh, it may not uh, equal to dollars, but it definitely equals to change. And that's something I want to talk about. Also, the participatory, uh, participatory budgeting process. I definitely want to see people's ideas because it's a lot of complaints. People always come to the city commission and they complain about things that they want to see. But I want to see you guys participate in this because this is actual opportunity for you to either talk about uh, housing, affordability, workforce development, whatever that you're passionate about. That's an opportunity for you to actually do something within your ward instead of coming here and complaining because this information is out there. I've said this more than twice and people just keep complaining instead of actually being like hey it's actually an opportunity why don't I tell people on my social media platform whatever platform it is that it's an opportunity for me to actually create some type of equitable change something that I can actually say that I did instead of com complaining because it's, it's only so much that the commissioners can do but I feel like it's more that the commissioners can do if they have the opportunity but I know policies and legislation also plays a part in that I appreciate it thank you thank you Mr. Johnson all right, others wish to be heard. Hi, I'm Mark, and I'm from Grand Rapids. Well, New Year has begun. And I want to talk about something that I really want to talk about. Everybody's talking about climate change. I understand that Individuals want clean energy, sustainable energy, and everything else. But that comes with a cost. Some of us can't afford it. That's just a fact. Why can't we have the best of both worlds? You can still 
have fossil fuels, and have clean energy at the same time. If anybody can afford solar, fine, get solar. Don't force it on everybody else who, who, who can't afford it. And they've got to find ways to pay an arm and a leg for it. Especially when it comes to electric vehicles. Electric vehicles cost a fortune. Nobody can't afford that. And, when they, and, and, if, and if they do, how are they going to recharge the, the vehicle? There's, there's some people that don't have homes to plug their vehicles in. And there are no rapid charging stations where you can quickly charge a vehicle in less than a minute. It's not good. And until and, and until something has something has to be done to make it sustainable, affordable, and quick, it's just a waste of lip service. It's just lip service. Remove Jacob Hoover's name from the Federal FBI headquarters. Remove George E. Wallace's name from the town of Mobile, Alabama. Thank you. And let's, and let's have 2022 be safe and prosperous. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. All right, others who wish to be heard? Hello, my name is Andra. I live in Grand Rapids. Um, Happy New Year to everyone. May this year be better than the last. I hope this year is finally the year in which the promises of days gone by are finally kept and made good on. What made me ponder about unkept promises was a quote from Desmond Tutu. In summary, he talks about being so busy pulling people out of the river that he didn't have time to go upstream to find out who or what was pushing them all in. We often hear from all of you that we're going to tackle the most pressing issues of the day that affect not only the most vulnerable amongst us, but also broadly the majority of working class people in our city. Just to name a few issues, skyrocketing rent, lack of affordable housing, public transportation that doesn't meet the needs of working people, growing homelessness, the looming threat of climate change, and we could go on. What we see, your quote, solutions to be are palliative at best. What we need to do is more than just what amounts to public charity and implement widespread s systemic change. I want my taxpayer money to go towards affordable housing, if not government subsidized housing revamping the public transportation system, not just occasionally the bare minimum expansion of just one shelter, but the ending of homelessness altogether, which can be done. It can be done if we stop pandering to those with wealth and privilege, those who have more, 
must give more. We must implement a higher tax on the 1% to finance these projects. Along with, of course, what we've been demanding all along to defund GRPD down to the 32%. Only then can we prevent the social forces that push people into the river of poverty and the daily struggles to survive. Because you all that sit in your privilege pretend that Grand Rapids is such a great place to live while ignoring the majority of us drowning in the river. Occasionally rescuing one or two people doesn't cut it. And eventually there will be a rippling effect and no one will want to live here. Black Lives Matter. Thank you. Thank you. All right, others who wish to be here? My name is Donnie and I live in the third war of Grand Rapids. I'm here to also reiterate that same thing that Andra just said. It's the fact that we, we limit how much money that we can spend on our unhoused population. And it's not even just about that. That's one aspect of what we're, spend, what we're limiting ourselves of spending money on. It's only one aspect, mental health care, health insurance, transportation, equal opportunities for people. So that's why we equal opportunities is ultimately how we create that economic global economic change that we need for our zero point zero six percent. It's crazy to me how we're taught since we're talking about since we're talking about money, since we're talking about how much it will take for us to spend on said things. It's crazy to me on how like Anita Hitchcock and Mark Washington can give themselves raises that can definitely help permanently change our unhoused population if we just look at that for a minute. You give yourself a raise of 300,000 plus because you're doing such a great job supposedly. That breaks down to $26,000 a month, $6,000 per week, right? $26,000. It's going to roughly around $26,000 a month. You're getting this money to do what? To do what? So that other people can come up here and complain about the same things that I just said. Housing, food, health insurance, mental health, transportation, equal opportunities. The list goes on and on and on. It saddens me that you're able to just Give yourself more money, even though more people are coming up here demand, demanding more things. It saddens me that we're still talking about re defunding GRPD to a mandated 32% instead of just trying that. It saddens me that activists around the city have around the state have come here up here to tell you that they've been brutalized by GRPD and nothing has been done about it. Well, the only thing that was done about it is that our city manager and our, our city attorney, Anita Hitchcock and Mark Washington gave themselves a raise. We're demanding that the charges be dropped against peaceful protesters and they gave themselves a raise. 
I myself are facing charges for peaceful protesting on my First Amendment right, and you give yourself a raise. Remember what we were talking about, that equal opportunity in economics, Mark Washington. It is not equal for us. So therefore, until the day that you make it equal for us, then we will hear you. But we can't hear each other. Black Lives Matter. Thank you. All right. Others wish to be heard. Hello, city commissioners, uh, uh, city manager, uh, deputy attorneys. My name is Brandon Bilski. I am in the third ward and the occupied territory of the three fires, Odawa, Ojibwe, and Potawatomi. And I'm here today to speak to you about courage. Winston Churchill said that courage is what it takes to stand up and speak, but courage is also what it takes to sit down and listen. And unfortunately, with the way the world is, it does take great courage to do what you do, not only with the pandemic, not only with the inaccessibility and lack of democracy and rising voices of those who are coming to tell you all that is wrong, all that has been wrong, but you have an opportunity. And today, I want to keep things positive. Uh, I am on the board for the Institute for Global Education. Uh, does anyone know the Institute for Global Education? We're on Wealthy Street, 1118 Wealthy. You can come in, have a cup of coffee on me. Uh, or the IGE, really. I probably couldn't <laughs> give you the coffee. But uh, we believe in the saying, think globally, act locally. And I know we have sister cities. We're doing a great job. We could and very well could be a beacon of diversity, of inclusion. And I believe in this city, and I've seen what you have done, and I've seen and know the other interests that you have to fight against and the ideological battle that you faced. Gramsci talks about cultural hegemony. So our thoughts, uh, they can only go so far, our influences. So I am a beacon and we are all beacons. And I will continue to come up here and speak as others have on that progressive message that the solutions, the progressive message, that is where the solutions are. It is truly socialism or fascism. MLK's last book, Community or Chaos, where do we go from here? Cities will be underwater. We need resiliency. And that means food independence as a city. That means so many solutions. And Ann Arbor, they just approved to have social workers go out into the field and take most calls that police would take otherwise. That frees up 20 to 30% of many of the calls police face. This has been a solution in many cities. Many ways to bring us down to that 32% minimum and also do what we need to do for the city and have qualified personnel do what they must to because every dollar is going to count as millions are going to be immigrating. Millions are going to need and we can be leaders. We're right next to the most fresh water in the world. We need to grow. We need to be more than independent. We need to have more housing for all the immigrants that will come, not just the few hundred we can't house right now. And I believe we can be that powerful, but you need to be a democracy first. And to do that, you need to grow together and truly have democracy win out over profit. Now, I went to Shanghai, and uh, they don't have that freedom. And it's, it's scary. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. Anyone else wishes to be heard? All right, seeing none, I'm going to close that public comment period, and I'll turn to my colleagues, and I'll start down here with Commissioner Isasi. Thank you, Mayor. Um, thanks for a good first meeting back uh, after being away for a couple of weeks. So it was nice to see you all. Um, 
just I wanted to point out one thing uh, really just in my comments is there were a number of public comments that were emailed to our city clerk about our um, housing fund board and so we talked about that today at appointments uh, that has been um, a pretty long process we should have uh, three of the names that will appear on our agenda next week and working through some others with the vetting process so um, hope to have more of that for all of you and since that was brought up I think there was 22 comments around that and I, I think we got more last month and even the month before so that's really uh, the one piece that I wanted to share as, as a follow-up to something that we heard today thank you yeah, thanks and Commissioner thanks for chairing the appointments committee uh, Commissioner Rippert yeah thank you everybody <clears throat> for coming out tonight happy new year to everyone I, I see it on Commissioner Yusasi's notes, and she didn't say it, so I'll, I'll say it for myself. But we, we, we do have three finalists for police chief. Uh, that will be announced soon, but on save the date for January 19th at 6.30 uh, to come and meet the candidates and weigh in. And depending, I don't know if, depending on COVID, if there'll be some virtual options with that. But I uh, just wanted to make sure that people are aware of that opportunity for engagement. Thank you, Commissioner. Commissioner Lanier? Okay. Uh, Commissioner Moody? Thank you, Madam Mayor. Uh, looking forward to 22 uh, being just as progressive as 21 was. Uh, Commissioner uh, Lanier and I are working on something where we'll launch it in a couple of weeks. That's what we're going to be doing in the third ward for the third ward community. So keep your ears and eyes open. Thanks, Commissioner. It is the Commissioner's turn to speak. It, it's I, I'm I'm serious. I'm gonna I'm gonna adjourn if we don't respect that other people have an opportunity to speak right now. Commissioner Jones. Happy New Year to uh, to all, and and thanks very much for your your comments on this evening. Commissioner O'Connor. Thank you, Mayor. I just want to say thank you to the, the public services uh, men and women who are out uh, plowing snow. Our first big snow event here uh, last week, and uh, you know, having been the commissioner now for six years. Uh, you know, when streets don't get plowed or sidewalks aren't clear, you get a lot of people calling. And I have to say, you know, in my six years of doing this with a snow event of this magnitude, I only had one uh, constituent reach out, which is, a, I think, a record for the first ward. So I just want to say thank you for the hard work getting out there, getting our streets uh, cleared, our sidewalks safe. I see people out taking care of our bus stops so people can get to get to them. So I just, you know, I know it's a lot of work when we get that much snow and ice and cold weather in, in a short period of time. So I just appreciate their uh, their dedication because often people have to move from one job to another to help help facilitate that change. So yeah, thanks, Commissioner. Uh, City Clerk. Um, just a little update on redistricting. Um, just before, in between Christmas and New Year's, the re, the state um, independent redistricting committee um, put forward three approved three maps. Um, there's a threat of a lawsuit um, from lawmakers from Detroit, but that lawsuit has not been filed yet. Um, the county commission, or, uh, county reapportionment committee, approved their map. There was a lawsuit um, on that map, and that um, a court of appeals dismissed that lawsuit. Um, there's the time now that they can go to the state supreme court if they if they want to appeal it. So that's kind of where they're at right now, um, kind of reviewing those. But um, both the county reapportionment committee and the independent committee um, use precinct lines rather than census blocks, which in the past they've always used census blocks and that made us have to change our precinct. So we really don't have to change very many precinct lines, if any. So that makes it um, a little bit better for voters to to the, they won't be moving locations. They may have different districts, but um, locations haven't changed. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Deputy City Attorney. Oh, thank you. City Manager. 
Thank you, Mayor and Commissioners and staff for your work today. Just to uh, highlight what Commissioner Rappart said, there will be a um, opportunity to meet the candidates both on site here in the chamber at 630 on the 19th as well as uh, virtually. We'll have uh, that broadcast um, available and online for people who are unable to make, make, make it as well as an opportunity to submit questions in advance. Uh, in the event that you're unable to be here. So looking forward to that. Um, also want to um, um, acknowledge we this week earlier signed um, a petition in support along with National League of Cities in increasing voter rights and access with the John Lewis Amendment. And so I want to thank our uh, legislative staff and equity office for making sure that we did that consistent with your legislative agenda that you adopted as a commission. And um, lastly, I want to wish everyone uh, upcoming happy MLK Day. Make sure you honor that in some way. And I think the Urban League is having their annual uh, breakfast uh, with uh, good speakers that morning, as well as uh, lots of other events throughout the community. So I want to encourage everyone to take part of it. Thank you, City Manager. And with that, we're adjourned. Thank you.